This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Michael Winstead. Well, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm just glad we got one in this week. It's been a busy week for everybody. Oh, my gosh. So busy for me and you. I'm actually especially. surprised to be talking to you right now. I didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but hey, she gave me the green light. So I thought there was a decent chance that this was going to be the first podcast I was alone Only on. Only solo. Andy. Is farm well was farming. It's ten thirty at night now, which he still could be. He still know. could be, yeah, maybe. And uh, you just had a baby, by the way. So last congratulations. Monday, it's it's well, it's Sunday now, but last Monday had a beautiful baby girl, healthy. Mama's healthy. Everybody's doing good. Just mommy and daddy aren't getting much sleep these last few days. You know, the Missouri Woods and Water family is grown by one yeah grown by one i got to meet her yesterday yeah is that right yeah yeah before y'all went to your uh cadence tournament y'all came out so and she's tiny she's really tiny she was six pounds 14 ounces so I, they say that's pretty average oh, yeah. but yeah my first two were big babies you know they were like eight pounds or close to it no actually lawson was he was close to nine pounds so i'm used to bigger babies and then i get this tiny little thing i mean she's adorable and but, then they always lose weight the yeah. first few days too, so which, she's even lighter. Which that scares mama. I get it. You know, on me on the other hand, I'm like, I think she'll be okay. She'll be alright. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Laney is gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I've got another another niece. Yep. Um, and then I was gone all week in Oklahoma working. Yeah, that's no fun, man. Yeah, I I freaking hate living in a hotel, and my dumb ass. I now know why my wife takes her pillow with her when we go on vacation those pillows sucked (laughs) and i did not sleep worth a shit for five straight days i mean six straight days and that just makes it for a long even longer week i mean because a first you're you're working a full-time job down there so it's not like you're down there having fun no checking everything out there was none of that and so by the time you get off you don't want to go do anything so you go back to your hotel room and you pretty much watch TV, eat dinner, and go to bed. So it, it's just really yeah. boring. It's yeah, just and then a, wake up every two hours because because you can't like, sleep. Yeah. Well, so you know, I sleep with a fan on at home. Sure, it's it's more white no, noise for me than anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the damn uh, HVAC there, you couldn't turn it on constant fan, so I'd have the AC kicking on or turning off. Yeah, it just didn't work. I should have taken my pillow. That's that's the you know what? Honestly, everybody, you just take your pillow with you. If we can teach you, if I can anything. teach you anything today, 
take, take your, your pillow with you. Yeah. Uh, but today's episode, let's get into yeah. it. It's a, it's a decently long one. I mean, uh, we're excited to have on uh, a fellow podcaster. Fellow um, local. Yeah, local, Missouri fellow. Local in the state. Stephen Ebers with the 573. Uh, Stephen has um, multiple things. He's actually got a podcast. He's got a YouTube channel. Big um, on Instagram. He's big on Instagram. Facebook. Much better on the whole social media than yeah, we are. Yeah, he's a ton better than we are. We are terrible at it. Uh, Makes us look real bad. Yeah, and we have Steven on to kind of actually, more than anything, do a hunter profile. Mm-hmm. We talk about when Steven started hunting, uh, what got him into it, what he likes to do now, what got him into starting the 573 and self-filming. And then we actually do get into uh, two different hunts that he went on recently, turkey hunting. Yeah. One in uh, Oklahoma. And one in Missouri. Yeah. So he had success in both states. Uh, so he broke it down for us and gave us all the highlights. And, and actually, you can go, after you listen to this episode, you can go check out his YouTube channel and see those hunts. So he's got it recorded. Yeah. Before we jump into it, we're going to do some sponsor stuff. Yep. Uh, Alps Outdoors. Um, big. A little late to get turkey stuff right now since we're, you know, in the middle of it. But you could right. probably do some orders. Uh, Alps Outdoors has some great outdoor equipment outdoor hunting gear uh you name it i've got a few packs from them they got um, great hunting vest they got a lot of good different style hunting vests so no matter what you're looking for as far as turkey hunting they got some that have the backrest to them or just the pouches and all sorts of different carrying cases so you know go check them out if you're looking for new t- turkey hunting gear yeah and we ordered some stuff and once we get it uh, we're probably going to hopefully do some uh, reviews some mm-hmm. some you know, go over the different things that we ordered uh, once we get those. And um, so, yeah, check them out, Alps Outdoors, alpsbrands.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then don't forget, it's about that time of year uh, that people start thinking about getting their trail cams out. Yeah. And so don't forget our other, um, one of our other sponsors, um, Cutty Back, has a uh, 10% discount for all of our listeners. Use the code MOWW21. 21. Uh, when you check out and you save 10% on any order. And it, like I said, it's about that time. I mean, uh, with it, I mean, they're pro I actually saw a deer that got hit on the highway the other day that already had some nubs coming out. Yeah. So they're starting to pop. We normally put our cameras out June. That's when I do June, yeah. July, somewhere. We don't really this. need them out in June, but I usually have them out early June. Cause I get yeah. too excited and I, yeah. Boom, I, I, go I do try it. I try to wait till July sometimes that way, you know? Yeah not wasting so much battery <laughs> <laughs> yeah so go check that out as well if you're if you're looking to buy some cuttyback stuff use that that promo code and you get 10 percent off so yep. um anyways we're excited about this episode let's jump into it this is the missouri woods and water podcast All right, joining us today, last second, uh, what do you call it, save? Coming in clutch. This is the, this is the bullpen guy, the the saver. Yeah. Uh, our friend at the 573 Podcast, Stephen Ebers. Stephen, what's going on, bud? Oh, not much, man. Just after them long beards this year, you know. <laughs> it's that time of the year, and can't get enough of it. Well, not to spoil the show, but You've had you're not really after the long beards. You've done got them <laughs> you've got enough <laughs> well it's funny you say that because uh tomorrow as you know in missouri you can only kill one bird in in the uh first week so tomorrow i'm i'm back up to bat again there you go nice yeah 
Um, well, that will be more times than I've gone hunting so far. So, Hey, yeah. Yeah. I've, so I was out of town in Oklahoma working all of last week, uh, got home Friday night and then had a boy in a baseball tournament all weekend. So haven't even got to be out, out in those Turkey woods yet. Yeah. And I, I oh, had, a, yeah, I had a kid, so I wasn't even going to ask my wife if I could go. I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll just wait. Maybe, maybe, you know, early part of May, maybe I'll be able to get out there. Yeah. So I'm surprised you're even here, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that took. Yeah, I'm probably going to get beaten for that later. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like we, Mike and I said, thanks for getting on with us in such short notice. Uh, everybody that's listening, I know you can't see this, but we are FaceTiming with Stephen. And he is a trooper. He is in his car talking to us because it's got better reception. And we, we know the feeling of living in the country and not having good reception and all that. So we appreciate you uh, coming through for us, man. Perks living in the sticks. <laughs> yep. I'll yeah, take no it. No problem, guys. Happy yeah. to be here. Yeah. So before we get into this, uh, real quick, just kind of give everybody an intro, uh, who you are, where you're from. Um, and then we'll kind of get into your background after that and, and the 573 and all that. Okay. Well, uh, as you already said, my name's Steven Ebers and, um, you know, when I first started hunting, I was at a young age, my stepfather actually got me into it a little bit and there was this farm behind our house and I would probably spend many, many hours a day out there just studying the terrain as a little kid with my BB gun, walking around enjoying the outdoors and that's kind of what really helped me today is I, I built some woodman woodsmanship out of that you know just learning the woods as a young kid getting comfortable in those type of environments and as I got a little bit older I got into some rabbit hunting with my stepfather and then sure enough I started getting introduced to the youth youth rifle season and gun season here in Missouri and that was that was kind of the thing for me is that when I got my first deer, I just, I really kind of fell deep into a passion for the outdoors. And then also my grandfather, he, he, uh, took me a lot too at a young age. And so doing those things with family and, and enjoying the outdoors, that's what really kind of got me into it. Now, as I got older, I started, uh, started getting away from the outdoors a little bit started getting more into the sports and the girls toward, <laughs> towards my high school time and, and kind of got away from it then uh got out of high school got into college met up with some buddies that really enjoyed hunting and fishing and all that good stuff and we we hit it off and right right then and there i, I got right back into it in fact my wife now uh my father-in-law he uh, helped me get into to bow hunting a little bit more. He he's huge into the outdoors, and so immediately I was drawn to that. Trying to build a relationship with him, and so I kind of kind of took a break somewhere in between there, and then got really back into it in my late teens, early twenties. That's cool. Uh, we all have different stories. I mean, hell, I didn't even start hunting until i was almost 20 years old and uh or maybe even later and i mean micah obviously lived on the east coast for a while and in kentucky and kind of you know yeah. did a lot of stuff with his brother growing up and 
you know, I always like hearing that part of, of the story is how you got into hunting, how, what, what started it for you. Right. And, uh, now what are, what are your favorite things now to do in the outdoors? Bow hunting. That's my yeah. passion. I love bow hunting whitetails. Can't get enough of it. Um, I've recently just in the last few years started to turkey hunt. That's something that just kind of came up. My, one of my fr- good friends, his name's Austin. We'll be referring back to him later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. He got me into turkey hunting and helped me get my first bird about three or four years ago. And I haven't looked back since I've just been, been hard after them. And that's the thing about me is once I get obsessed with something, I, I truly just dive into it as hard as I can and try to figure out every possible way to get better at it. And that's what happened with these turkeys. Yeah. I, I hear you, man. I mean, I, I honestly think if I did some scientific research that I think bow hunting might have a virus associated with it. It's like the, <laughs> the COVID bow hunting virus or whatever because i swear everybody that starts bow hunting it just becomes a thing you know becomes a problem for them and it's the same with us yeah uh yeah it's a sickness no doubt yeah and i mean you know it's it's i always think it's interesting the different ways guys and gals go about what they love in the outdoors us group of guys um we've all gotten pretty big into coyote hunting over the last few years um which is something i never even cared to try 10 years ago and you just try it one time and I don't even know if we were successful the first time we tried it, but you, I, it, it's just something that draws you. I mean, you know, you could have tried it and not enjoyed it and never do it again. But, um, you know, it's just, and it's the yeah, same thing with Turkey. Uh, uh, our last week's episode with, you know, telling the story with my son, I, I'd really like to go again soon. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting how, you know, you got back into it, got into bow hunting, and then your buddy kind of started the turkey side, um, which is crazy. Have you ever been out west or anything, elk hunting or anything like that? Well, uh, my first time out west was actually this past fall. I went out to Wyoming Okay. and uh, went with my father-in-law, mm-hmm. and we, we uh, took some rifles out there. We had been accumulating some points for some time. Yep. And finally drew with some guys that actually had been out there for many years. And we were able to go out there. And, yeah, we went to southern Wyoming, southern central Wyoming. And, well, that was a whole new ball game for me. Isn't that it, was though? something really awesome. Do you have them bugling uh, at you and all that? Well, um, it was the later part of the season, kind of end of October. So they weren't doing much of that. Yeah. But we did have one evening where – you just couldn't get them to shut up. I mean, it was five to seven different bulls bugling yeah. on, you know, opposite ridges. Did you have? And we were just. Yeah. Did you we harvest just, anything? Sorry about that. Uh, oh, you're good. I did not. I I shot a cow and we had no success finding it. But Man. my father-in-law did shoot a bull on the second to last day. Awesome. So. Nice. That's awesome. I've yeah. said it many times, multiple times. I'm sure our listeners are tired of hearing it, but. To me, elk hunting and turkey hunting are really r- closely related. I mean, you you've got to you've got to trick the animal that you're trying to kill into thinking you're something you're not. You've got to get them to come to you 99% of the time, and you've got to try to intercept them before they figure out you're not what you say you are. You know, the only yeah. real difference is 
I've I guess you could use decoys with elk hunting. Uh, there's you know there's decoys out there. Um, we don't. Um, and you know, 90, I mean, at least most people I know use decoys, turkey hunting, uh, to kind of really fool them. But man, if you think about it, you're calling to them, you're trying to play this game with them. And, um, to me, they're really, really closely related. Oh yeah, for sure. You gotta be mentally strong to pack up an elk decoy up one of them mountains. (laughs) You know, you know, those things I'm talking about, uh, it looks like an elk's ass. Yeah. It's like you put it on your bow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I, I forgot the name of them, but yeah, you put it on the front of your bow, and it can either be like the front of a a cow looking towards it, or or whatever. I'm just like that's that's another thing I'm gonna have to carry with me. Cut out basically. Pretty yeah, much. it's it's basically like t- tent material, canvas material. That okay. yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've seen them before. You know they they sell them out there, but uh, it's just not another thing I feel like carrying around. So you know, it's funny you say something about the elk and the and the turkey relationship. Um, because you're, you're able to hear where they're at. You know, this morning I was hunting with a buddy and I just yelled out as loud as I could, this crow call and Turkey gobbled on the other ridge. And I just looked at my buddy and I was like, how many other, uh, hunting, how much more game, uh, how do I want to say this? How many times whenever you're hunting a species, can you just yell as loud as you want in the woods? And get a reaction to help you succeed in the woods yeah not many animals tell you where they're at <laughs> so you can go kill them. Right. usually just ones with about a pea-sized brain which yeah. is <laughs> which is luckily luckily a turkey um yeah you know um it's it is kind of nice honestly turkey hunting uh which is the big difference turkey hunting and elk hunting it's and you you experience this in the the deer woods and and when you're out elk hunting you got to be so worried about your wind and your thermals and and what's what's going on there with turkey hunting you don't have to worry about that shit anymore just no you're worried about them seeing you is that that's it <laughs> and it's so nice you're like i'm gonna go from here to there that's because that's where i need to go you don't have to worry about where the where the scent's going uh, i will say that is nice yeah and you know that's that's one of the things about turkey hunting is that there's not a lot of pressure. I don't know for whatever reason in whitetail when I'm bow hunting whitetails, I feel a sense of pressure. Turkey season, I just letting loose, and I think that's what makes it so much fun. You know, I don't really get upset if we burn one. Hundred percent know, agree. On with you. to the next. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, I would have liked to kill one with my son during youth season. I wouldn't have killed one. Obviously, I would have liked for him to have killed it, and we came really close. Um, there was a story we had on our last week's show, and uh, it didn't happen. And he's a little pissy that he didn't kill it, but I'm just like, that was awesome, you know? And Just the experience. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, I don't even care if I physically actually go turkey hunting this year. If I want to take him again, and I may or may not take my shotgun. I don't know. I might take my bow just to have it. And, you know, if if he gets scared or doesn't want to shoot or has something go wrong, maybe I can, you know, do something. I'm not... And that's, you're right. That's the difference between turkey hunting and, and deer hunting for me, at least, is uh, I have no pressure with the turkey season. You're exactly right. Uh, deer season is a whole different ball game. I'll bitch to this guy the entire season every time something goes wrong. Starting usually in August. <laughs> our August, we get, I mean, between all of us friends, we're always 
throwing stuff out the wall or be like, hey, how, do, how should I tackle this? What should I do about this situation? You know, hey, this buck came back. He's on camera again. And I mean, it is. It's a lot of pressure because you want to, you know, make it come together. But with turkeys, they're either there or they're not. So you either got to find them or what. So it's a, it's, it's a lot easier of a hunt. Not necessarily easy that way as far as hunting them, but it's not as you just feel like you're in the game a little better right exactly yeah you're not worried about anything but just hunting yeah sometimes deer and honestly that's that's a nice reset for all three of us talking right now deer hunting should not be something where you have pressure on yourself but for whatever reason uh i don't know if it's starting this podcast or you starting the 573 and self-filming that you do put the pressure on yourself but it really shouldn't right i mean that's that's not what hunting should be for us but it's really easy to put that pressure on yourself it should be uh, a release is what it should be yeah and uh it kind of was for me that. yeah we really do and it's i mean it's it's true of most people i mean it's not like we're the only three people in the world that start pressing if something doesn't go our way or or whatever i mean it's that's that's human nature so yeah a lot of hunters are very competitive by nature too so you kind of get mad if you don't do something right or whatever. So, uh, that was a long introduction. We that's what we <laughs> talked about when we started about rabbit holes, man. Um, real We're already quick, on down them. We already went down four of them. Uh, real quick before we get into this this turkey hunting season that you've had so far, um, tell us about the five seven three. Uh, you know what it is you guys do, um, and well, just do that first, and we'll get into the self filming side. All right, I'll, I'll try to give you the, the quick and dirty since we kind of got on a tangent there. Oh, that's all right. But basically, the 573 didn't start out as the 573. Um, as I got more into hunting in my late teens and early 20s, I started to get into social media as well. And I wanted to document my hunts, so kind of have some hunting chronicles type thing. Um, but I didn't want to do it on my personal page. So I came up with this Instagram page called the Bow Hunting Ritual, and I really wasn't a fan of that. I didn't really <laughs> like kind of doing it for myself. So, you know, I got with some guys that wanted to create some content with me, and I came up with the 573. And it, the reason I did that was because that's the area I'm from. Right. And, you know, we've got a lot of local killers in the area, and I wanted to, to get them out and branch their names out. I also wanted to try to get younger hunters in the 573 to see something so close to home and have something to look up to. And, and I'm still working on that. Uh, and that's kind of how the 573 got started. It was started as an Instagram page. Now, as long as, as far as the media side of things, um, one summer I got a job at the Lake of the Ozarks and I was able to wakeboard and ski all summer long. So I started, using a GoPro to film action shots of me doing so. And I really enjoyed filming that kind of stuff. And I thought, man, I could really do this with hunting. And so I went ahead and started GoProing my hunts. And I was like, well, the quality of those type of things is not as good because they don't have great zoom. They have a really nice wide angle. But if the deer's even 25 yards away, it, you really can't make it out very well, especially those older GoPros that we had. And so I slowly started getting better equipment and 
really got more interested in, in filming and media altogether. I, I filmed my little brother's basketball game, high school basketball highlights so that I could help him in the recruitment process. And I just enjoy doing it. Rabbit hole, rabbit hole on this, by the way, because I, fo- oh, okay. you know, we follow you on Instagram and and all that, and I've been following your stories that you would post about your brother when you would go to his games. Uh, what a little badass he is! Oh, he's man, and he'll let me know too because uh, <laughs> I'm the oldest, and he he got the height over you, didn't he? Yeah, he got the height, <laughs> and he's he's really skilled. And That's awesome. He's a really great baseball player too, uh, but he really enjoys basketball, and so that's what he's trying to do, is is play basketball in school in college. And he's got a few schools looking at him. We're we're in the recruitment process right now, and hopefully uh, he, he gets is he a junior or a senior or what? He's he's about to graduate. He's a senior. Gotcha. So awesome. Well, tell him we wish him luck, man. I, we I kind of like I said, I don't know your little brother. I don't know you obviously, other than the Instagram uh, interactions we've had. And, uh, uh, but I do kind of feel like I know him a little bit by the, the stories and the seen. post I've watched, you know, so. Yeah, I'll let him know. And, and, you know, you bring up something else is the, the five, seven, three. That's what I really enjoyed about it is now I've got to meet other hunters from just not even around my local area, but other areas. And, and I've got to talk to some bigger names because of it. And, I, and so for me, that was that's really fun, you know, and, and I take enjoyment in that. And like you said, we do have a podcast and that's a, another different kind of side of the media that we're, we're trying to do, but you know, we're, we're constantly trying to think of new ways to produce content for the five, seven, three, but most of all, it's just to kind of show how much fun hunting really is. Yep. Yeah. And for our Missouri hunters, they know where that area code is. It's the Southwest part of the state, obviously. And, uh, of our Missouri listeners and anybody that's listening that's not in Missouri, um, that's where the that's where the five seven three comes from. If you're wondering, that's the area code that the Springfield gener- in general area is uh, southwest part of the state. Um, and yeah, that's you know that's one thing I told you when we first got on the phone uh, that we had you on the list to talk to at some point. And you know if you really look at, uh, I guess the way we kind of have, there are some really cool. There's some really cool outdoor content that's produced right here in our home state. Um, I mean, there are, there's like six or seven podcasts that I can think of off the top of my head that I listen to, all that are Missouri-based. Well, uh, after the podcast, or even right now, you should tell me some of those, because I don't actually know, I I know of your guys' as a Missouri mm -hmm. podcast, I don't know many others in Missouri. So there's another one down by you, American Roots Outdoors, Uh, that's Missouri one. Uh, Bucking and Strutting. That's another one that's down southwest part of the state. They're near Neosho, I think. Uh, oh, no, no, that's Ozark. Pretty further down. Oz- Ozark. Okay. Um, let's see who else we got. Uh, Driftwood Outdoors. Uh, they're in the Columbia area. Um, who am I forgetting? Oh, obviously Land and Legacy. Uh, they're down southwest part of the state. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. I can't remember, man. Yeah, there's plenty. Of, there's other ones <laughs> there's, too. There's a few uh, out there. For oh, sure. uh, the Boot Hill, uh, Boot Hill Campfire. I can't remember the name uh, podcast. Which actually, <laughs> there's a funny story with that one too. But um, we won't get into that. But uh, they changed their name. <laughs> it was very similar to yours for a while. But um, so that's. I mean, that's how many I just named, and I probably didn't even name all of them. Yeah. So, uh, and that's just podcast. I mean, I'm sure there's there's more things than that. But um, 
so yeah and then the one thing that you really do that i uh i think is cool that we don't we don't even do is you you self-film a lot of your things and and the missouri hunt the oklahoma hunt we're going to talk about i know the missouri hunt is is on youtube but what got you specifically interested in filming um which a lot of people you know don't go down that road i mean me personally i don't have much interest to do that for some reason it adds a lot more to what you already have to do i mean you gotta we'll call it a job you got a job out there and you're making your job harder by adding the filming aspect of it so what made you decide to take that challenge on yeah what's in what 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 do you enjoy about it what do you not enjoy about it are there any you know tips you could give somebody i guess yeah i can um at first i wasn't interested in doing that type of thing either um because i wanted i owe it to the animal to provide the most ethical shot that i can whenever that moment of truth comes and for me i wasn't skilled enough to do that yet and as i got to learn my spots a little bit better and the more i started to enjoy the media side of hunting i thought to myself that i could tr- i could try this this is something that i i think i would be interested in doing and not only that i also wanted to build memories that i could look back on whether it's with friends or with it by myself and get to see wow you know that happened you know 10 15 years ago that was an awesome hunt i remember everything about that day and you know, it's like a photograph except in motion. You know, it just brings right. everything back and it's just a little bit more though. And so that's what really got me interested in self-filming. And I wanted to produce content on YouTube because I, I'd started the Instagram, I'd started the Facebook, and I thought it was time that I start on YouTube as well. So I wanted to produce content for YouTube and that's what we've slowly started to do this year. And if I had any tips for how to do that is I would learn your setups, you know, when it, and I'm specifically speaking for whitetails because turkeys will do whatever they damn well please uh, (laughs) on you at any given moment. But for whitetails, you know, you can kind of predict some of their patterns. And and for me, I I like to kill them early in the season because they're on a pattern and that helps. You know, in the rut, it can be a little bit of chaos because, you know, you never know what they're going to do. And, and we did get some cool film. Preferably in the rut, I like to have a, a camera guy or be the one filming because things happen quick. Right. Um, but if I if I could give any advice to the listeners about wanting to get into self-filming, I would find a, a nice camcorder, a good camera arm, and a GoPro. And I would uh, practice in the summertime setting that stuff up. If you're one of those guys that already has set tree stands, that's just going to make it a little bit easier for you. Then I would, you know, take off your past experience of what these deer are doing, and I would position yourself in a way that is beneficial for your camera to pick up all the action when it happens. You know, this, the self, the first self hunt I ever did, self, the ah. You know, words are hard. And it's <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, being on this podcast as a guest. I, it's weird being on the other end of things. It is. We've been <laughs> on a few. Yeah, it, it is different. Yeah. But what I was saying was is that the first successful self-film hunt that I had this year, um, I had never been on that property at all. So I didn't know how things were going to shake out. And unfortunately, I didn't get that 
kill on frame. But it was a lesson learned. And I'll tell you this, if you're going to sell film, make sure that you're making a, a priority to the animal first. Right. right. You know, we're not professionals doing this to make a living. At least I'm not. So I want to make sure that I, that the animal is first, not the camera. Yeah. So that's kind of the advice I would give to folks out there wanting to get into it. Yeah, and you might have, uh, you know, maybe you encouraged me here to, so I, I kind of lied to you a little bit. I have tried to self-film before. So two, uh, yeah, two deer seasons ago, I did self-film a good portion of that season. Um, I did not harvest a deer that year, um, but I got a lot of cool footage, uh, one really cool set of set of footage with my son who was with me. Um, you get to hear us talking to each other when this buck comes in. And I, I did a really good job that year of making sure I, I filmed last year. I took it with me a lot, never got it out half the time. If I did have it out, the deer would come and I would just totally ignore it. Um, you know, I just, I had I had zero interest for whatever reason to spend time on the the camera setup um and i don't know if that's because like we were talking about earlier i did start pressing and so the first thing i threw out the window was the camera it's like i don't i'm not dealing with this i'm trying to you know and the archery buck that i killed i had my camera with me it was in the bag i never even got it out and i could have set it up and it would have been a beautiful beautiful framed uh video you think never got it out. You you think, yeah. Uh never got it out. Um so it's just it's it is interesting how that, you know, changed from 2 years ago to last year. And you know, maybe next year I'll try to do it again. I think the big thing for a guy like me compared to you Steven is you're you are putting these things on YouTube and you're, you know, you're you're making a conscious effort to do something with the footage once you've got it. Whereas I've got like seven hours of footage back from 2018 or 19 or whatever that would be. That's just sitting on this computer. We're talking to you. on. <laughs> I have no idea. There's no kills on it. There's it's all B roll or whatever you call it. Footage. Like who wants to watch it? Like, what am I going to do with it? Right. <laughs> so from my perspective, that's exactly what it is, is memories. Um, memories that I don't want to get rid of and I'm going to save them. But, uh, and it's the whole production of it. I'm sure there's quite a bit that goes into producing, even, you know, the clip like me and Micah watched uh, earlier tonight of your Missouri turkey hunt. Um, yeah, what well, is it? What was it, 10, 15 minutes long? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was a hour and a half hunt. Yeah. You know, but and, we broke it down, and I, I gave the, the viewers enough that they get to kind of sit there right with me in the turkey hunt. Yeah. You know? And you've got to think about some of those things that you you do when you're filming. Like uh, you could do some cool things with uh, like your logo and cutting away from certain things that, you know, you kind of have to make a conscious decision to do that or obviously it doesn't happen. Um, you know, when you do the thing with your hand and then you come back with it, well, you got to remember to do that or it doesn't work the other side if you don't do it the other way, right? And so right. there's some certain production ideas you have to have in your mind to be able to actually turn it into something that's pleasing to watch for other people. Yeah, I'm always thinking about trying to think about five steps ahead and yeah. what I would do and how I could make this edit look really cool um, if it presents itself, kind of things like that. Yeah. And one thing you'd mentioned is that, you know, you don't get the camera bag out. 
you know, I had that problem where I would not finish hunts on the camera. So I do my intro and all that. And then <laughs> you wouldn't even know what happened. So it's sitting on just yep. like you, it's sitting on my computer. I could have done a, probably a vlog series all fall long of my day to day hunting, but instead I was just like not finishing the hunts unless they were somewhat successful. I did the same thing the other day. <laughs> I went, what was that? Friday. when did you come back into town? Friday night. Yeah. So Friday night it's raining but there's a little, there's a little break in the rain, and I'm like, I got a piece of property that I can go coyote hunting on. That's right down the road from my house. Take me two minutes to get there. So I was like, I talked to the wife. And I was like, Hey, you care if me and Brindley go, just go out there and call, try to make a set real quick. No, go ahead. So we go out there, and as soon as, and I did a nice intro coming in. I got my daughter. Hey, we're gonna go do a quick set before the rain comes in. Blah blah blah. It was real nice, and. As soon as we sat down, it started downpouring on us. <laughs> we still sat through it. We did a set coming out. Didn't do any more recording. I mean, it was just, it was, I just didn't finish it. I mean, it still would have been decent content or whatever. Some people would have got crack, you know, crack up from it because she fell in the mud and got all muddy and it was a good time, but, you know, just didn't even think about it. I was like, eh, well, we didn't kill nothing. So why mess with it? Right. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's I'm trying to transition my mindset differently, and that's hope turkey season has helped me do that a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's the follow through. Yeah. If you don't have that successful hunt, you still got to follow through. You got to do a good job. Which you're even even the year that I really did try to film, I sucked at doing intros, exit interviews, in the tree interviews. I mean, I didn't do any of that shit. I tried here and there. But then you see these like three or four different clips where I sit down and I'm like, eh, it's been three weeks since I've updated anybody what I've been doing. I guess I probably should do a quick video on it. <laughs> and uh, so and uh, when you're, you're not in the mind frame to, to film anything, yeah, you're right. Those th you don't think of those things. Even when you got your camera with you, if you, for me, I wasn't planning on doing anything with it. So why do an intro? Why do an, you know, in hunt? You know, like a lot of, and I, you've done this, where you had a buck cruise through and he wasn't a shooter. And so you'll hop on and talk about that right quick. Not me. I oh, saw a buck. See ya. You know, I mean, I might film him. And then that's the last thing you ever see is a 30-second clip of a buck walking through. <laughs> and, sure. you know, if you tried producing that, people are going to be like, well, what is it? What, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> so you, you have to really think about how to tell the story. Uh, which you Absolutely. do a great job of. So Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, before we get off the self-filming, I just wanted to say that uh, I kind of found inspiration through Bill Winky. I know he doesn't do a lot of self-filming as other guys film for him. Mm -hmm. But what I took away from him is is while I'm filming, trying to educate about what's going on and, and why I'm in that area and, and w just what my strategy is towards that hunt. And that's why I try to commentate as much as possible because that is the ultimate goal uh with the youtube is is to not only get successful hunts on youtube but also have learning moments yeah sure and i i think that's a pretty important part of self-filming is either educating people on what it is you're doing at the very least in that hunt or teaching somebody something uh the Missouri hunt, which I promise we're going to talk about turkey hunting at some point. <laughs> the Missouri hunt we watched. Um, yeah. You talked about the night before why you started hen calling 
uh, to get them to gobble when you put them to bed. Because right. um, the first thing I thought when you did that is like, why is he hen calling? Right. Why didn't he try crow? And then 30 why? seconds later, you tell us why. Because yeah. I tried a crow. I tried coyotes. <laughs> I tried uh, one other thing now. And, I, and you're like, that was weird that I didn't hear that. So I'm just, I'm going to try this. And uh, that is the type of stuff that you really got to be prepared to do when you're self-filming so that you can, at the, at the very least, let people know what's happening and then hopefully educate somebody that might be listening going, wow, that's a good, good point. I would have never thought to try to do that. I would have just left and not, not thought there were turkey there. Um, so speaking of turkey, <laughs> yeah, let's hey. talk about turkey hunting. Okay. Um, so you started your season off in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. We did. We did, and that was a great trip. I just told you that I had been out west elk hunting in the fall. That was my first time out of state hunting. And then this spring, decided that we'd do a couple trips out west hunting turkeys. So we uh, we chose Oklahoma before Missouri, and then we're going to go to Nebraska after Missouri. Nice. So, yeah, it, it – it was fun, so I, I guess you probably want me to get into the the Oklahoma. So trip yeah, a since bit. that one happened first, let's let's talk about Oklahoma and kind of uh, first off, send our best to your buddy that you went with. It'd have been awesome to have him on as well. Uh, but uh, as we told the listener, um, this was a, a six hour uh, six hour like, hey, you want to do this right quick, Stephen? We had something fall through, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so tell him, hey, we would have loved to have talked to him too, and, and congrats. Uh, we already know what happened, but congrats to him as well. So, yeah, let's get into Oklahoma first, and then we'll get into Missouri. Yeah, he'll, he'll be listening, no doubt. Um, so we'll just – I'm going to tell you, my buddy's name's Austin. He's the one that went with me to Oklahoma. And before we went to Oklahoma, we use Onyx for pretty much anything and everything nowadays. And so, obviously, we were looking at parcels of land, public land – in Oklahoma that we could key in on we thought might be good turkey habitat looking for creeks rivers um, bigger lots of timber and pin those all on the map and then we hit we a week later we're headed out to Oklahoma well we left Easter night and our goal was to get there by roost time or not roost time but by sunrise the very next morning and we accomplished that. We made it there, and we set up in a terrible place. I mean, the wind was cruising around 30 miles an hour. And the thing about Oklahoma, at least the public land that we were hunting to start off with, it's vastly open, rolling hills full of sagebrush and small cottonwoods. And then every now and then, you'll get a wheat field. And that's what you're dealing with. And it's, if, you know, Missouri listeners listening to this, they're nowhere near the terrain that we hunt here in Missouri in any part of the state. So it was a complete, from what we've seen on Onyx to, to when we got boots on the ground, there was a complete change. And our whole game plan kind of went out the window a little bit. (laughs) Whose idea uh, was this? Was this yours? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And. Luckily, we got there the day before the season started. So we we had, you know, 12, 14 hours to kind of figure out what the turkeys were doing. And we cruised around all these parcels, looking in these fields. Look, I mean, it, like I said, it's very open, so we didn't really have to get out of the truck. But 
you know, we weren't seeing many turkeys. We saw two turkeys and we left. We, we stopped, filmed the turkeys real quick and we pull away. And as we pull away, somebody's coming past us and you know, they hit their brakes and they see the Doing same, the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And you know, that was pretty much it for that day. We tried roosting birds, but like I said, the wind was about 25, 30 miles an hour. So we didn't hear anything. Yeah. And so we just decided that, Hey, we'll, we'll set up where we saw the birds and you know, there's going to be pressure there, but Hey, maybe we'll be the lucky ones that they run into us. Well, you know, that's not the way it happened. And there was a lot of pressure. We ran into two or three hunters before we even made it to the spot we wanted to. And so we backed out and decided to start cruising again. And we ran into some guys, started talking to them, and one of them slipped up and said they heard birds somewhere on a river. And we had marked that on the map, so we definitely had that in the back of our minds. We didn't go straight to that spot, but we had that in the back of our minds to roost that evening. Mm -hmm. And that's where we did is he roosted on one piece of public, and I roosted on another piece of public, and then there's a private land that splits those two pieces of public. The river runs through all three of them. So he roosted on one side, I roosted on the other. We both heard birds, spirits are high. And in my opinion, we should have went to my spot that morning, but the pressure was crazy there. Was it really? It was, it was crazy. And the spot that I roosted the birds had three or four tents in the parking lot of where this access was. Wow. So I didn't want to run into anybody and cause you know, some kind of issues right. that, that may happen. Well, I got here first. Well, I roosted the birds last night, whatever type of thing that can happen. So we decided to go to Austin's spot and it was a good spot. He, we were 90 yards away from the roost, but they were right on the property line and they pitched down onto private. And when they pitched down onto private, they shut up. And one of the thing, one of the things I want to say about those Rios in Western Oklahoma is when they pitch down and they land, they basically just take off running for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because of the pressure or it's just something that Rios do, but they just take off running. It's like as soon as they hit the ground, they take off running until they realize that they're good or something like that, you think? Well, it's it's not really like a, a sprint. It's more of a, a like a, a jog. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just something that they do. You know, I, I couldn't tell you because yeah. I don't know. That's the first time I've ever been there, and I don't know much about them Rios. But I do know that that's something we saw multiple times. Hmm. And now, so real, our real quick were, here, were you okay. guys uh, were you guys shotgun hunting or bow hunting out there? What was shotgun. okay? I could I yep. didn't. Different states have different seasons. Like Nebraska has an early archery season for turkey. Oh yeah, I heard. heard you know, your last guest. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He he was, Nebraska and so I, I didn't know what Oklahoma does. So so okay, shotgun hunting, which is fine, obviously. So yeah, all right, yeah, I. I'm not quite brave enough to do to the, yeah, uh, the yeah. whole archery thing yet. <laughs> It'd be cool, but uh, once again, I haven't put enough birds down to uh, to you know maybe go off that 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 cliff yet. That so, route, yeah. yeah. So we decide to do a circle around because we think these birds, even though they flew onto private, that private piece is only about 400 yards in width, and the river runs right through it. So we think, okay, maybe they're going to follow that river and head to the spot where I roosted birds the night before. And so we circle around and, you know, we kind of had to walk out a mile and then drive about three miles to get to that spot, even though it was only 400 yards across the private land. Right. You know, that's just the kind of thing you had to do. And 
you know, we pulled into that parking lot. There wasn't any hunters there. So I was already immediately mad at myself for not going that morning <laughs> right off the roost. We haul ass in there and then we set up kind of on the fence line where we think that they'll come out and we're facing the public and we just sit there and hang out for a little bit, call every 15 minutes. And sure enough, something hammers right behind us and we think it's a gobbler. Well, it crosses the fence about five yards in front of me, which is really cool. It, and I had already kind of talked to Austin about this being my first time out of, out of state hunting turkeys mm -hmm. that I would most likely settle for a Jake because we had three tags to burn. Uh -huh. And he came out with a buddy. I kept telling Austin, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to shoot him. But he couldn't hear me. He thought I was telling him to shoot him. Austin didn't want to shoot a Jake. <laughs> and so finally I felt like I gave him plenty of warning and I, I shot him and smoked him. And then I guess Austin just couldn't pass the double up because <laughs> he went ahead and shot the other one. This would be too cool of a story to, yeah. to pass up now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I had the camera in my lap. It's one of those things where, you know, you bring it with you and you don't turn it on. And that's kind of what happened there. You know, I showed leading up to the hunt and everything to the, get even to getting to that spot. But I didn't uh, turn the record button on for that hunt, for yeah. that kill. And then, you know, in Oklahoma, you can only kill one bird per county. Okay. So we wanted to keep hunting. So we decided we got to move on to another county. Just so happens that I had a little bit of intel about a different public place that my father-in-law hunted about 25 years ago. So I don't know how good the information was. <laughs> it, was 20, it was 25 years old, but, it, you know, <laughs> probably real accurate. <laughs> what made me raise my eyebrows was a listener to the 573 podcast messaged me on Instagram, and he told me about a spot in Oklahoma, and it was the same spot my father-in-law told me about. So I said, we got to check this place out. Sure. So we all asked to uh, – to that spot which is about an hour and a half north of where we were and same thing we get out cruising around different terrain completely it's flat full of wheat fields and draws and it's got a huge river running through it so it's like okay this is a little bit more missouri like mm -hmm. we, we this was uh this was felt turkey-ish so we uh Set up camp, tried to roost birds. Neither of us roosted birds. And we had some ideas of where we might go in the morning. Well, this was probably like day four of the hunt at this point. And so we kind of slept in a little bit more than we should have. And <laughs> with public land, yeah, yeah, it does. And it did. Uh. <laughs> and with uh, public land, you know, you got to be there first or – you ain't getting this, that spot. And, well, that's kind of what happened to us. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> I was waiting for it. That's yeah. right. That's you don't right. chew big red gum. <laughs> I won't finish that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're traveling around looking for an open parking spot because that, all of them are filled up. Finally, we don't even end up in a parking spot. We pull off into this ditch, hike into the to the woods, and somebody hits us with their green headlamp. And I'm like, 
All right, so we have nowhere to go off the roost. <laughs> so we're kind of taking this blacktop back and forth, trying to, I don't know, come up with a game plan, something. We get out, and we just listen because, I mean, it's it's right there. I, In my opinion, the best time to hear birds is in the morning. You can roost birds in the afternoon, but the morning time is – when you're going to hear the most gobbles. And that's just my opinion and my experience. That's what I've seen. Uh, so we were listening to the gobbles and, and Austin and I were both frustrated. We didn't want to be sitting on a blacktop while all the rest of the birds were, were hammering. But I looked at Austin and I said, Hey man, we found the turkeys. Now I doubt that all of them are going to get shot today. Surely, you know, we'll, we'll find some. well, we probably an hour later, these people pull out of the parking lot where we've been hurt here in Turkey's gobble mm-hmm. actually happened to be the same guys that flashed their green lights at us. We pulled in, we, we walked down this wheat field and there's a big swamp in our way and we can't get across it. We don't know how to get across it. Onyx isn't looking too promising. At, so at one point I stripped down into my boxers to try to cross it. Just that's how crazy we were for the turkeys <laughs> and it was getting deep and it was full of brush and stuff and i just didn't feel comfortable going going any farther so i backed out we finally found something on onyx that looked like we could circle around this swamp and about the time that i'm crawling through this swamp there's birds on the other side of it gobbling so we get into a position finally we get across the swamp and the birds did a little fight right in front of us and then they they pushed off. So we set up a Jake decoy, sat, called for about 15 minutes or so, had birds hammering on both sides of this wheat field. Finally, a Tom comes in, works his way down to us. He's strutting. He'd look up, strutting, looking up. So it was really an, an intense five minutes. It felt like, you know, an hour, two hours of him coming in to the decoy. And my buddy, he was up to bat first. He shot him about 40 yards. We get up to the bird. We're happy, you know, hey, we just shot a Tom on public land in Oklahoma. That's right. what we came for. Bird number three. And yeah, bird yeah. number three. Spirits are high. And Austin freak starts freaking out. And I'm like, what? And he said, it's got double spurs. Oh, I'm cool. like, double spurs? I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. You know what I mean? I'm like, double. I've heard of double beards. Right, right. Double spurts. Man. And, and sure enough, it did. And, and I, on, I don't know. On Have both legs? Of, on both of them. Now, one of them's a nub, uh-huh. but it's there. You know? <laughs> Still counts. You, yeah, it counts. Have you guys heard of anybody shooting a double spur? Turkey I haven't. No, I've I haven't. heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I can't. I th- I've seen it before somewhere on social media, but, I mean, nobody I know or anything like that. I wonder if it's like a genetic deal where they have it from the minute they're they start developing spurs and it's just they're always there, or if it's like a really mature Tom deal, kind of like when they start getting three beards or or whatnot. I really don't. I have no idea. Well, from what I understand, because Austin knows more about turkeys than I do, he says it's a genetic thing. See, I was so hope <laughs> so. Hopefully, that bird bred some hens. Yeah, there you, go. you know, and so that that's gonna hopefully stand true in that area. But, you know, we celebrated. We actually met some guys down there around our age and uh, spent the night camp with them. 
found some morels. So we whipped up some turkey and morels and enjoyed that evening. And nice. it was my turn the next morning. And I roosted a bird. We made a play on it. It's, it was actually in that same field that I roosted the bird. And we put up our decoy. We got there early. The bird flew over the decoy. And like I said, when them when they hit the ground, they kind of just take off. And that's what happened. And I didn't have a clear shot. So I just saved it. And then we headed back home. Nice. Still, though. That's pretty cool. Three, three turkey and... Out of state. Is it two days? Were you just hunting two days at that point? Oh, no, no, no. That, uh, so I kind of skipped around because I, you know. Some I mean, days I weren't so great. We kill birds on the second day of the season and then on the third day of the season. That's whenever we killed. We killed the two Jakes on the second day of the season mm-hmm. and then the Tom then the very next day. Okay, so either which way, three birds in two days. Yeah. yeah that's still a really cool two days. Do they have... Yeah. Like Missouri, you can only hunt until two o'clock. Is there a certain time? One o'clock. One, is it one? One yeah. o'clock. One, is there a certain time you guys got to be out of the woods there? Yeah, seven o'clock. They don't allow you to shoot the birds going back to the roof. Man, seven a.m. That is early to get out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, seven p.m. All right, anybody confused? <laughs> yeah. Another question. So, were you guys just camping out of your trucks, or did y'all go to a hotel? Or we we. Tent, we uh, tented. Nice. There you go. If that's yeah. a if that's a word. Tent camped. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. used a tent. <laughs> so, and we'll we'll talk about Missouri a little bit more. And I don't really I don't know anything other than you know the video we've watched. So we'll talk about the land itself. But did you notice anything different about them? Because you talked about the pressure that you just you saw yourselves, all the different people you saw. Did you notice the birds reacting any differently? I mean, did they still come in? Uh, you had talked about them, you know, flying over your, your decoy that last day, or did you notice it didn't take a lot for them to get wary and be gone? Um, well, when we were into them, we didn't really mess it up. So yeah. we didn't really have an opportunity to learn how their behavior was as much. I felt like the first place we were at had a lower turkey population. Um, cause we opening day, we probably put you know, 11 miles on looking for turkeys. And the only time we finally found some were whenever we roosted them that night where we had heard from somebody else that there were birds in that area. And they, they, they talked, the wind blew. So it was hard to know if they were gobbling or not, but yeah, they were, they were responsive. And when we got to the other spot, it just felt like back home. You know, it felt like, we were hunting them and, and yeah, there was some pressure. What changed the game for us was that Jake decoy, because I talked to those guys that flashed the green lights on Yep. because I ended up seeing them later on that evening. And we, I told them about how we went in there after they left and got it done. Mm-hmm. And they told me that they had that bird within 30 to 40 yards, but they couldn't get a shot because it had nothing to look at. So it didn't want to commit. Yeah. Yeah. And makes sense. The Jake, I think, is what made that bird commit. Austin just got a little excited at 40 and he's got the setup to shoot it at 40. So there was no worries about that. Right. Um, but we wanted the footage and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the, we felt that the bird was committed. Yeah. You know, 
that's difficult when you're self filming because you're like, we could we could really get some awesome footage of this Tom beating the shit out of this Jake decoy. Mm-hmm. Or we could totally screw this up <laughs> and not kill it, even though we could right now. You know, I mean, there's there's a there's a lot with that. Um, yeah, we we chose to kill the bird because that's the most important thing to us. Right, exactly. So Oklahoma was successful, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it was you, a great trip. Then you come home, and uh, let's talk about Missouri, which didn't last very long. But uh, let's let's <laughs> talk about me. that. <laughs> yeah, at least for now, you know that you get to start again here soon. But so I picked up this piece last fall um, and deer hunted it a little bit last year. And in the fall, had some trail cameras out and noticed that there was a pretty decent turkey population in that area. And so my thoughts were, okay, in the spring, I'm going to go listen for birds and see if there's anything strutting in the mornings. Well, well, turkey season came along and priorities changed. And well, we had that trip to Oklahoma also. So what ended up happening is once we got back from Oklahoma, I decided to go out there in the middle of the week and listen and i did hear a bird so i was like oh yeah there's a, there's at least one bird out here mm-hmm. and then i come back the night before opening day and i hear three or four gobbles which is actually in the video um and i'm thinking there's four birds but what i think i come to find out was it was two birds and they were gobbling twice one after the other that's what i'm thinking and so i'm pretty excited opening day and let me tell you something i tried calling buddies my father-in-law anybody to come with me and try to get this double triple we don't you know whatever it may be couldn't get anybody to come with me and so you know i got these birds roosted and i just i i'm gonna go in i'm gonna try to self film it on my own see what happens and the way i set up well the way I set up, I knew where the birds were roosted. I knew they couldn't pitch down anywhere else but in this cattle pasture because that's what it was. It was a cattle pasture. The cows were out. They they weren't there anymore. So everything was nice and plush and green, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and I set up the way it was is they were kind of roosted down in a bottom. And I only assumed because they were gobblers that they want to come out to the highest point and strut and you know, they can, you can hear their gobble from a long ways away, you know, they can see, so they feel safe. So I wanted to get to that high point and I snuck into about 120 yards and I got the decoy set up and no more than getting sat down, bird starts hammering. And it was just one of those mornings opening. I don't know if you guys went out on opening day or heard any reports of it, but it just, I think it was the best day of the year so far, as far as turkeys go. And I heard, I mean, I I put in the YouTube video over a hundred gobbles, but I could probably venture to say it probably more, huh? around two hundred gobbles. No, yeah. no, thanks for it rubbing that. Crazy. Thanks for rubbing that in. Uh, let's see, opening day, uh, you were having a baby, yeah, at that time. Let's see, that what time does sunrise? Around like six. First light, what six thirty ish? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Amy was getting her epidural about that time. So, <laughs> and oh, yeah. my lucky ass was in Oklahoma working on opening day. So <laughs> not hunting, not hunting, <laughs> no working. Yeah, I t- when I told you I was in Oklahoma all last week, it was not hunting. It was for work. So, uh, oh. yeah. So, um, thanks for turning the screws on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, listen, I. I appreciate it enough for the three of us, though. I really did appreciate that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's okay. great. Well, good. Yeah. So, so you were having a good morning right off the bat. I mean, they were gobbling I, their heads off, and 
I felt pretty confident that they were going to pitch down where towards me and, and, and move up to that high point. And, you know, they, it took them a little bit. And I think it was partly my fault. I would call to them every now and then, and then I'd shut up. And I think that they thought that they were going to stay in the tree and these hens were going to come right to them. So they stayed in the tree a little bit longer than you would normally hear on a spring morning. But then they finally flew down because they couldn't take it no more. And, and when they saw the decoys, they were committed. And I had record on the whole morning. I, it was the, the main camera was a little bit to the right of me, so I couldn't zoom in or turn it or anything. So I got what I got. And then I had a GoPro attachment to my gun. And the birds committed to the decoys. That first bird saw me kind of lift up my gun a little bit. And he kind of veered off which the other bird kind of stayed. And at one point, both their heads were lined up. So if it was legal in Missouri, <laughs> I could have killed both of them at the same time. But I knew it wasn't. And so I had to wait for that other bird that was skittish to kind of get far enough in rain or out of the way of my pattern before I could shoot. And then I shot and, well, the rest was history. I mean, he, he was flopping and he was down for the count. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful morning. You couldn't ask for a better opening morning in Missouri. I mean, just everything you like to dream about with turkey hunts. Yeah, and what's we quickly realized it's impossible. But um, so honestly, one of our favorite things, which we kind of did a little mini version of it right here, but one of our favorite favorite things to do in our podcast is to listen to other people's hunting stories. And we call them tales of the chase episodes. And they're, you know, they're basically just stories, like a story of someone's hunt. And, uh, after the first like two or three days of Missouri's, uh, turkey season, we're like, there's no way we're going to get people, everyone on that we want to, because everybody's killing turkeys just yeah. left and right. I mean, um, it, it'd be like a four year series just to get through turkey season. <laughs> so, um, uh, what I thought was cool is, especially with your stories is you, you were successful in Oklahoma and then immediately successful back in our home state too. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of compare them. And you kind of already talked about it a little bit, especially going from hunt, hunting public land in Oklahoma. That is a lot different than where we live. Uh, I mean, even down in the southwest part of the state compared to like the central part of the state that we're in, the terrain's not that different. Really, the only difference you see is, uh, depending on where you live exactly in the southwest part of the state, you might have a little bit bigger hills and less cropland than we do. But, you know, it's very similar other than that. And going from home to western Oklahoma or wherever you were where all that sagebrush was and all that had to be one big difference. And then the big difference being public land compared to, it sounds like this was a private piece in Missouri where you didn't have to worry about, you know, pressure from other people unless somebody was trespassing or something or, or whatever. You just got to kind of like play your game. You got to say, Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is, I'm going to do it. Whereas in Oklahoma, it sounds like you kind of had to roll with the punches and, and do what you could do. Uh, was, was that probably the biggest differences between the two, the two hunts you noticed, the two states? As far as differences go, yeah, it was all about the terrain. It was completely mm. different. The one common denominator was that the turkeys were near the water. 
I mean, that was something that held true. And, yeah, I would say the terrain was definitely the difference between Missouri and Oklahoma. Uh, one thing I would say is the Jakes in Oklahoma sounded like gobblers. Did when it? they gobbled, yeah, I don't know for whatever reason. There was a couple times where we got distracted because we were chasing Jakes and not gobblers because they just sounded the same. I mean, the one that gobbled right behind us sounded like a gobble or a, a turkey. Or, man, well, yeah, it should sound like a turkey. It sounded like a tom. <laughs> Come to find out, it was a freaking coyote. <laughs> no, that's that's cool, man. I mean, and and the other part is, uh, especially at least for sure, this Missouri hunt and parts of the Oklahoma hunt, it sounds like, too, uh, are on video. So why don't you tell people um, first, real quick, where they can see these videos. Uh, Mike and I know, but we'll let Stephen tell everybody uh, where they can okay. see these these videos. Well, you can find these videos on YouTube at the 573. There is no space in between the and 573. We learned search, that. We learned that. Yeah. We... Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, the search engine, we're just not popular enough, I guess, to, uh, <laughs> to, to defeat the search engine. So don't put a space in between the and 573 and our stuff will pop right up. And that's where we'll be. You can see. The two turkey hunts we have on, you can see a, a couple of my fall deer hunts, and then I had a pretty good shed hunt on there, too. That's what we've got so far, and we're headed to, well, we've still got some filming to do here in Missouri, but we're headed to Nebraska, like, the day of the end of the season here in Missouri. Nice. And then also tell everybody how they can get a hold, or see you guys on social media, uh, how they can find you guys' podcast, uh, all that stuff. Okay, so... We do a lot of posting on Instagram, um, so a, a lot of our content you'll see on Instagram to kind of follow along with what we're doing, and that is at the underscore 573 underscore, and then we have a Facebook page, which is the 573, and we have a Facebook forum also, the 573 forum, and oh yeah, our podcast, so we have a 573 podcast. And you can find that on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You you got on the Apple stuff. I, I was I remember kind of conversing with you back when you were was it were you just on Podbean at first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Podbean were, was being a pain in the ass, <laughs> but I figured it out. Yeah, and you were talking like I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get on Apple and all that other stuff. I'm like, yeah, it'll it'll be nice once you do for sure. So, um, well, man, we really appreciate you coming on on such short notice. Um, and we knew you'd be great to talk to about these turkey hunts and, um, you know, uh, we enjoy following you. Um, you know, we're kind of, I guess you'd say like brothers in the media side of, of things. And it's kind of cool to follow along with you. And, uh, we've conversed a little bit here and there, uh, throughout. And once again, we just really enjoy, um, our podcast is obviously about the great state of Missouri and we really enjoy, uh, having other, yeah, other friends or whatever you want yeah. to call it that share our love for Missouri on. So, yeah. Yeah. Propping up others in our state where, yeah. whereas, you know, it could, it, you could easily do the other things and that's not how we want it. We want everybody in the state of Missouri to, uh, to, to be known and, and especially people we really think uh, highly of, even though we don't know you, Stephen, um, you know, from afar, we do, we do think highly about what you do. You put out some awesome videos, um, you know, that, that I'm honestly super jealous of. I, I wish I could do the things that you do, uh, with your, with your videos and, 
uh, enjoy the podcast as well. Steal things from you all the time. Like, oh, I like the way he does that. Uh. <laughs> so um, we appreciate you coming on at such short notice. Like we, we said, our listeners, I messaged Stephen this morning when our, uh, our show fell through. And here we are, 9 o'clock at night recording and he was nice enough to go get in his car and drive to where he could actually get service so um everybody go check them out on their uh, all their their outlets and we will tag them as well but um if you got anything else Stephen, before we hop off um go ahead and say it and then we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll end this one yeah i think we should wrap it up we we went on a lot of tangents i had a great conversation with you guys it was it was nice to nice to virtually meet you yeah and uh Get to know you guys a little bit better, and I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take it easy. All right. That'll do it for this episode. We appreciate Steven saving our asses. Coming in clutch, as you would say, right? Yeah, exactly. So he, he definitely saved our heinies and uh, being able to come on last-minute thing. And uh, he gave us a great episode, man. I mean, that's awesome. He was able to go out of state, kill two birds, him and his buddy then come back open day yeah lay the smack down on another one i forgot to ask him on the show i i think i know the answer to this but you know you and i don't know steven personally sure um uh he's married as he said in the show but i have a feeling he doesn't have kids yet i put money on <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i really envy that about him he's got that one thing going where he can he can do things that you and I sometimes can't right now in our lives. Yeah. So things are a little hectic in our lives right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, number one, congrats to Steven on uh, awesome Oklahoma and Missouri start. Um, he's going to start again here, I guess tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. After a week you can, yeah, uh, tomorrow's Monday. That's right. Yeah. So you can do it. You can get your second bird after yeah. the second week. So thanks to him for coming on. Congrats. Good luck for the rest of the season. Everybody go check him out. Um, he's another one of the good Missouri folks. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't forget, if you want to check out Alps for any of your outdoor needs, and if you're looking to save 10% on your cameras at Caddyback, just go there and enter the promo code MW, M, <laughs> M-O-W-W-21, and that'll save you 10%. So. All right, we'll just end it with that. See you. See you.